Laodiceans, write these things, saith the Amen. The faithful and true witness, the beginning of the creation of God. I know thy works, that thou art neither cold nor hot. I would thou wert cold or hot. So then, because thou art lukewarm, neither cold nor hot, I will spew thee out of my mouth. Because thou sayest, I am rich and increase with goods and have need of nothing, and knowest not that thou art wretched and miserable and poor and blind and naked. I counsel thee to buy of me gold tried in the fire, that thou mayest be rich in white raiment, that thou mayest be clothed, that the shame of thy nakedness does not appear. Anoint thine eyes with eye, solve that thou mayest see. As many as I love, I rebuke and chasten. Be zealous, therefore, and repent. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. And if any man hear my voice and open the door, I will come in to him and will sup with him and he with me. To him that overcome, overcometh will I grant to sit with me in my throne, even as I have overcame and am set down with my father in the throne. Verse 22 in conclusion. He that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit saith unto the churches. Unto the churches. Proverbs 4 and 23 says, Keep thy heart with all diligence, for out of it are the issues of life. It's the fountainhead. It's the source. The man also want to read, Romans chapter 12 and verse 11. Romans 12, chapter 11. This is in another version. This is not the King James Version. Man, let's find it fitting to the message at hand. Do not be slothful in zeal, but be fervent in spirit. Serve the Lord. Amen. For the next little while this morning, amen, I feel compelled the Holy Ghost today to communicate some things, amen, to you, this body of believers here today in this church. Man, I want to minister from the thought, the title, the peril of casual devotion. The peril or danger of casual devotion. All across this house, I want you to put down your Bibles, put down your smart device. I want you to lift up your voice from the front to the back right now. And I want you to pray with me all across this house. I want every Holy Ghost-filled believer. Come on, we didn't come just to observe today. Amen. We've come to be in the presence of the Almighty God. Come on, all across this house right now. Lift up your voice with me. And I want you to pray until you're praying in the Holy Ghost right now. Hallelujah. We're Holy Ghost-filled people. Come on, that's it. Pray in victory right now. Come on, pray with authority right now. Come on, pray with fervor right now. Come on, the Bible says the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much.
Come on, it's effective when you pray fervently. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Come on, that's it. Lift up your voice right now all across the house. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. Why don't you give the Lord a hand and clap of praise as you are seated in the house this morning. Peril of casual devotion. Scripture would let us know and communicate to us the nature of man and man's heart. That the keeping of the heart is of all necessity. The keeping of the heart is of necessity because out of the heart flow all the issues of life. From the heart flows different things that pull and tug at the heart of man. The heart of man is the fountainhead. It is the beginning. And so the writer would stress the emphasis in Proverbs that the importance to keep your heart. Don't allow just anything. Don't allow your heart to wax cold. Don't allow your heart just to simply wax dry. But with all diligence, I want you, hear me, son, today, that you would keep your heart with vigilance, with diligence. Don't be casual about your heart. Don't be casual about the matters because from your heart and what you allow Amen. To funnel through your heart will be the very thing that allows the issues of life to flow. Amen. I would propose something to you this morning that the greatest danger, greatest caution that we could ever have inside of the church, amen, is not simply you walking out of the house of God today. It's not simply you just backsliding and saying that you no longer believe in truth or that you no longer believe in the word of God. The greatest danger is not that. It's not you leaving this church and no longer calling this church your home. The greatest danger and the greatest problem in our world, amen, and within church life and revelation and understanding it's not the understanding of truth because I could tell you today that there's many people in this house today that you have a revelation and understanding about truth. You have a revelation and understanding about the one God. You have the revelation about the understanding of the necessity of baptism in Jesus' name. You have the revelation and understanding, amen, of not being like the world, dressing like the world, maybe talking like the world or acting like the world or dressing like the world. But the greatest danger that lies in every one of us inside of this house this morning is the heart and mindset of apathy. The greatest danger that we have that lies within us is apathy and indifference. Apathy is simply just the absence 
the absence of interest, the lack of interest within one's heart. Many psychologists will say that from studying people closely, they've noticed that on frequent, those that face circumstances, stressful hardship, become apathetic. It's easy to allow the circumstances of life and the things that go around in our world and the things that we face, the things that we go through to take the very zeal and passion out of our heart. The very opposition that we face in life, the very things that you and I go through, have the very power to rob us of our zeal and passion. They say that those that endure hard things, they become so apathetic. They lack the interest. They lack the emotion. They lack the enthusiasm. They become indifferent. At best, defines what apathy or apathetic is. It is an absence of compulsion to or toward one thing or another. It's not necessarily hot or cold, but it's the fact of being unmoved, indifferent, being in a place of apathy that there is no compulsion to either be hot or to be cold, but rather I stand in a place of indifference. You would be surprised that I could tell you this morning, no matter how long that you've been living for God or what your circumstance or experience may be, the greatest danger in this house this morning is not sin, but it is apathy. The greatest danger that marks the apostolic church is indifference and apathy in the house of God. That we could come to the house of God and not simply be stirred or moved to one direction or another, but that we could come to the house of God, a man with indifference with God and the presence of God and the house of God with not truly being moved, not even realizing that our mindset and our attitude is an apathetic mindset. Come to the house of God, but I'm not necessarily going to move any further than I'm moving right now. Don't even realize the attitude and the mindset that we come into the house of God with. Jesus made the emphasis on his disciples being aware of the hour that they were living in. He made the emphasis of them being mindful. Can I let you know this morning that we have to be mindful of the very season an hour that we're living in, that we do not allow the spirit of the world that is outside of these four walls. And as the pressure begins to come down and as a man, the, 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 the apathetic attitude and mindset that says, hey, nothing's getting better, nothing's going to change. It's always going to be this way. Can I preach to you this morning that if we're not careful, that same apathetic indifferent mindset outside in the world will begin to creep inside the church. Jesus told his disciples, he said, I want you to pray. I want you to be mindful. I want you to watch. I want you to pray that you may not enter into temptation. He told them as he was in that place in the garden of Gethsemane, 
He said, the spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. He said, I want you to watch and pray. I want you to be mindful of the season that's around you. I want you to be mindful of, uh, of your surroundings. I want you to be mindful of where you are in this hour and season and time. I don't want you just to watch, hey man, but I want you to be prayerful about where you are. Don't sleep in this hour and season and time. Don't be tossed to sleep through the atmosphere of where the world is. Don't let lethargic mindset in a sleepy attitude get a hold of you. He made this emphasis because the hour was so great. The time was so precious. The time was so important. And Jesus made the emphasis. He said, I just want you to watch and pray. He goes on to tell them, can you not just pray for just an hour? Can you not just be mindful of this time? Of where we are. Jesus constantly gives the warning. He tells them in another place in Luke chapter 21, verse 34 and 36. He says, take heed to yourselves, lest any at any time your hearts be overcharged, which forfeiting which means weighed down in drunkenness and the cares of this life, so that the day might come upon you unawares. He says in verse 36, watch ye therefore and pray. Watch and be mindful of where you're at. Can I let you know this morning, it does not matter our experience or what we know or how much that we really believe in truth. Amen. If our spirit is apathetic towards the things of God. It does not matter how many times that we come to the house of God, whether we are faithful in our tithes, faithful in our giving, but if our spirit is apathetic and indifferent to the spirit of the Lord, amen, we are not walking in our full purpose and potential in the kingdom of God. Hallelujah. Can I preach to you plainly this morning as I feel burden of the Holy Ghost? Amen. It's not the will of God that we simply just exist and be just pews and, and, and bodies on chairs and pews. But it is the will of God that the Spirit of the Lord lives inside of you. It is the of God that the spirit of Jesus Christ lives inside of you <laughs> hallelujah the danger that you're facing today Hey man, for some of you, it's not some big grotesque sin. Hey man, that is going to take you out of the house of God. The biggest thing that you face on this Sunday morning in 2021, in an hour where people are so dull of emotions and they're so dull of feeling and they're so medicated and they're so duped down and they're asleep by the atmosphere and the hour that we're living in your greatest danger is just a casual attitude your greatest hindrance 
It's not that thing that God delivered you 10 years ago from. No. Your greatest danger, your greatest problem, your greatest issue is that your heart would become just indifferent. It wouldn't necessarily be just cold or hot, but then your heart would just kind of just not be moved anymore. Your heart would come to the house of God and the word of God would go forth with anointing and power and songs would be sung about deliverance and oh how great the deliverance is and oh how great God is. But you don't even know, some of you, if you could see, see some of your faces in the house of God on a Sunday morning as we begin to sing about the goodness of the Lord and, and how great God is, you'd be surprised if some of you could see your face. You could see that there was just a blank stare in your face that was not necessarily interested in what was going on, not necessarily interested in what was happening because it's just another Sunday. It's just another service. It's just another evangelist preaching today. It's another service. Pastor's not here today. It's just another Sunday morning. It's just another routine. And we don't even realize it that we could come to the house of God with blank stares on our face, looking at our watches, waiting for the time to pass by to say, well, when is this going to go ahead and pass? We don't even realize when the attitude and the mindset begins to creep on us that when we come to the house of God, we come to a place of just autopilot. Come to a place that we're just going to ride this bad boy out. And the worship team, you begin to have your songs and have them ready to go forward. The next part, well, let's be mindful of what's going to happen, how service is going to end, and altar call happens, and, and then we go forward, and it's another service that goes by. Not realizing that every time that we come to the house of God, more and more we become more complacent, more familiar with just the house of God and the presence of God. Service after service, preaching after preaching, gets to a place that you don't even realize. You're not even moved by the word of God. There's not one emotion that's going to be declared. There's not one emotion that's going to be offered to the Lord because you've simply just been in a place of indifference and ease. And when you say, well, young preacher, you don't know what you're talking about. I've been living for God for a long time, and it's not necessarily in all of that, and all of that loud, and all of that noise, and all of that movement. And you know what? It may not be in all of the noise, and it may not be in all of the movement. Hey, man, but it's surely not in someone being silent and quiet for the Lord. Hey man, I'm not talking about saints. Hey man, they got arthritis in their knees and they can barely stand. I'm not talking about that in the house of God. I'm talking about well-able people when we come to the house of God and we do not utter our voice and we do not move. Hallelujah. 
Amen. I want you to hear me this morning. Amen. I've come burden of the Holy Ghost. And I didn't come just to have church on a Sunday morning. Amen. Just to idly go by and let the service pass. And amen. And say, well, we had church this morning. I'm telling you the most dangerous thing that you have. Amen. Lurking in your world and before your eyes is indifference and apathy to the house of God, the kingdom of God, a moving of God's spirit. Hallelujah. It holds no weight and value to have everything right on the outside. You can understand doctrine. You can understand truth. You can understand how long your sleeves are supposed to be. Ladies, you can understand how long your dress is supposed to be. You can understand, I can't wear this. I can't do that. i got to live this way. Man, you can understand the way to walk, to talk, and to do. You can have all of these things down packed. You can have the understanding of truth. You can have that revelation and understanding about how to dress and behave. You can have all of that right, but inside, it's dead. Inside, it's not anything that's alive and moving, but inside of you is nothing but dead man's bones. This is what Jesus began to speak about the Pharisees. He said, woe unto you, scribes and Pharisees. He said, for you are like unto whited sepulchers, which indeed appear beautiful on the outward, but are within full of dead man's bones and of all uncleanness. He said, you know what? You, you got it all right on the outside. You look real good right now. You look, man, you, you look fully apostolic. From the top of your head to the sole of your feet. The problem with the Pharisees was that, you know what, they had, they knew what the law said. They knew what the word said. The Bible, if you do some studying, and you would find that the Pharisees were really just scribes and they were copious of the law. They knew how to write and rehearse the law. That's why that when Jesus began to come, they, they had no revelation and, and authority of the words that they wrote. They had no revelation of the power that was inside the words. That's why when they looked at him and they looked at his ministry, they said he's one that teaches as one with authority because they knew only simply just to write and rehearse and to read over, but they had no revelation. So much so to the point that as the redeemed, the Savior that is walking before them, and no matter how much word that they knew, no matter how much law that they knew, they could not realize and understand that the Savior and the Messiah that they had been waiting on was right before their eyes. Jesus is walking through their temple. Jesus is in the midst of them. But because their eyes are on one thing, they cannot recognize and understand the power of the great God that is before their eyes as he's manifested in their presence. As he's standing before them, they cannot see, they cannot understand, they're blind to what's before them. They don't understand that Jesus is right in the midst of them. 
They don't understand that all of the books that they've read in prophecy and that he's right before them, standing, walking in the midst of them. Had it all right on the outside. Had it all right in the appearance of the eyes of someone else. Had it just right. But inside, because Jesus sees the heart of man and Jesus doesn't see just what we see on the outside, me and my humanity, I may be able just to see what's outside of you today. But the God of your soul sees and recognizes the heart of man. He looked at them and said, you're full of dead man's bones. You're full of dead man's bones. Wow, Israel, you're supposed to be standing with power, with anointing with zeal and fervor. You lack what's needed on the inside. Though you have everything on the outside, Pharisees, you lack that power and that revelation on the inside. You lack that zeal. You lack that passion. You lack that hunger. You lack it within. You've gotten so good with just worrying about the outside. Spirit of the Lord does not live on the inside of you. Keeping your heart out of it flows all of the issues of life. This would be the very thing that Jesus would begin to, to speak as the angel of the Lord would begin to speak to John. The book of Revelation it's not the book of Revelations. It's the book of Revelation. It's the revelation of Jesus Christ. And in this place, the Bible records in chapter 1 of Revelation that John is in the Spirit on the Lord's day. And as he is in this place, he begins to see, see and hear the voice of the Lord. And in this, John begins to turn to attention. And the Lord begins to tell John, John, I want you to write what you see. John, I, I want you to write what you see. I want you to write what you hear in this place today. I want you to write and see. John, I want you to write unto the seven churches. And as time begins to go down, he lists church after church, and he begins to converse, and he begins to write down what he's seen. As he's in this place of being alone with God, and the majesty and glory, and as he's seen, he begins just to simply write. And he goes down, goes through six churches. He says, I want you to write unto these he gets down to the seventh church. He gets down to the Laodicean church, and he begins to write. He begins to say these things, saith the amen, the faithful and true witness, the beginning of the creation of God. He begins to pen, he says, I know by works. That means that there's some kind of works 
have been there. He said that thou art neither cold nor hot. I would that thou were cold or hot. The emphasis on this idea as the Lord begins to paint this picture to John is because Laodicea was in between two places. One place that had popping hot water and another place that had cold water. Laodicea did not have the means of function of water simply just to be gotten from their area. And so they get the water that begins to be pumped down to this city, to this region. And by the time that this water would get there, it would be lukewarm. It was not hot. It was not cold. It was just kind of stagnated. It was just kind of not flowing. It was just lukewarm, sluggish, tempered. And he likens unto them that when I look at you, Laodicea, I see that you're not neither hot or cold, but you're just like as the water that begins to flow in your city. It's just a little sluggish. It's just a little tempered. It's just a little lukewarm. He looks at his body. He sees because the mindset had become in that area because Laodicea was a prosperous city, a city that after they were destroyed by an earthquake, I'm just painting a picture to you here this morning, as a city that was destroyed by an earthquake, they didn't need the money and the finances of the uh, of those around them to be able to rebuild the city, but because of their own wealth and their own ability and their own, hey man, ingenuity, they were able to rebuild the city. And this is why the words would be penned, because thou sayest that I am rich and increase with goods and have need of nothing. And knowest not that thou art wretched and miserable and poor and blind and naked. Laodicean church, they had been oblivious to the spiritual condition that they were living in. They had been oblivious to the condition of their world and where they were. They had been oblivious to the fact that they were spiritually blind. They had been blind to the fact that they did not realize that they were wretched. They did not realize that they were poor and naked spiritually. Sometimes it's so easy for us not to realize that when we come to the house of God, in reality, though everything on the outside might be right, but when we come to the house of God on the inside, we are empty and full of dead man's bones. You can come to the house of God and not realize that you have become blind spiritually. You can come to the house of God and not realize that you are naked and not clothed in the glory of God any longer. The Lord implores John, John, I want you to write this. John, I want you to speak this because I'm looking at a group of people and they don't even realize the nature and condition that they're living in. I want to propose to you this morning, it does not matter our experience 
or where we have been before if we are not currently walking in the power and the authority that God has called us to walk in, then we are not in the place that God has ordained us to be in. It does not matter our testimony or story, but if we are not walking in that revelation and power and understanding in our heart at this very present moment, hey man, hear me this morning, an apathetic attitude and an indifferent attitude will cause you to be dry cause you to be wretched miserable poor blind and naked I understand what I'm preaching this morning is not just simply popular preaching that we would run around and climb up these walls and shout I want you to understand something this morning that if we're not careful that we will become so apathetic and indifferent in the presence of God. If you are not careful, you will find yourself in a place that you are not hot or cold, but you're in a lukewarm state that cannot be moved, that cannot be, that cannot offer anything to God. And he begins to look at this Laodicean church and the Bible, the King James Version gets such a, 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 a pretty and nice word that he would spew you out. But the reality is when it's really translated when the Lord looks at the lukewarm it's as if he would want to vomit out why because God is more interested in you being hot or cold God is not interested in you being indifferent to his presence God is not interested in you being indifferent to the house of God he'd rather you just be cold and not living for him than to be hot and on two extremes You say, well, preacher, you don't know what you're talking about today. I'm telling you, I, I've come to stand flat-footed this morning to preach the word of God without fear nor favor. I want you to hear me this morning. It's a great danger. It's a great danger. It's a great danger. You should be scared in this house this morning if you could come to the house of God and not be moved. And you can come to the house of God and play the part and do everything on the outside so people can know that you're just right. But inside of you this morning, if we could put on the eyes of God and we would begin to peer down and begin to look inside of your heart, there's no life inside of there. There's no true breakthrough inside of there. Some of you know exactly what I'm talking about this morning. There's no breakthrough. There's no power. That's why we can come to the house of God and blend in with people that have had victory and that have had breakthroughs. And we can hide amongst the stuff. We can hide in the midst of it all but in reality if the Lord would pull the blanket off some of us this morning all of the world would see that inside of us we're dead dry lukewarm all across this house I want you to lift up your voice and pray right now 
No one looking around right now. I want you to close your eyes. I want you to lift up your voice, and I want you to pray right now. The Holy Ghost is in this place right now. All across this house, I want you to lift up your voice, and I want you to pray right now. They had become so reliant on self. They had become so reliant on their wealth. They had become so reliant on their own power and ingenuity and their own ability. They had become, because they had been such a wealthy place, uh, that they no longer had the desperation uh, and the hunger for the presence of God uh, like they used to have. They had no hunger and desire because they had got to a place uh, of prominence. They had got to a place uh, of reputation. They had got to a place uh, that everybody looked at them uh, and began to, to, to think highly of them, uh, that they they no longer had the hunger and desire. And because they were so caught up with where they were, they were so caught up with the reputation, they were so caught up with the history, they were blind of the very fact that there was no power living inside of them. That there was no power inside of the heart. There was no power living in them. There's no anointing. There's no power. They're marked by apathy, marked by indifference. Second Peter's one and ten says, Wherefore the rather brethren give diligence to make your calling and election sure. For if you do these things, you shall never fall. How could it be that in this conversation as the verses go on in Revelation chapter 3 as he tells them the state where they are and where they're living and he lets them know that the rebuke is in love I love I rebuke who I chasten be zealous therefore you know a lot of times we come to the house of God and we say, you know what? Well, that's not really my personality. That's not really who I am. But I tell you what, some of you get cut off in traffic. And all of a sudden, you might not have that much traffic in Bakersfield, but you get cut off, all of a sudden there's emotion begins to flare up. All of a sudden, you tell me if somebody went in this church and they slapped you on your face, you wouldn't be apathetic. Some of you that old, you'd be ready to come out. You'd be ready to brawl. You'd be ready to fight. He said, behold, I, I stand at the door and knock. How could it be in the church of the living God that Jesus is on the outside? Having church, 
Songs are being sung. Word of God is going forth. Service after service, service after service, altar call after altar call, move after move, but the reality of it is, is Jesus. I'm not going to stop knocking today. I want you to understand something. In some of your lives right now, you don't even realize that Jesus is nowhere in the midst and he's on the outside of your world and he's knocking and you have not given him room to walk in and you're living off dead experiences and you're living off the past and you're living off of old breakthroughs and you're living off of old deliverances and you're living off of old testimonies and you know what I'm thankful for old breakthroughs and I'm thankful for old testimonies but baby for you to go forward and everything that God has ordained for you you got to start breaking some things up in newness of life you got to open up your heart amen and see that God is working in your life you can't live off of last week's breakthrough you can't live off of last year's deliverance you got you got to get in every moment that you can Oh, hear me. Hear me this morning. Hear me today, church. It's easy to do this thing without God. It's easy to do this thing without God and not even realize it. It's easy to come and have church. I'm telling you, I feel it so strongly in my spirit. Hey, man, what I've been preaching... I've not been trying to be casual or light. Hey, man, I'm standing behind this pulpit this morning. Hey, man, with time and prayer and fasting before the Lord, I'm not just arbitrary picking some message that I think uh, that'll wow somebody and preach something to tickle your ears today. Uh, hey, man, I'm preaching something that I feel so strongly in the Holy Ghost. Uh, some of you do not even realize uh, the spiritual condition uh, that you are presently living in uh, because you have gotten so comfortable uh, with going through the motions uh, and being dead in church uh, that you do not even realize where your heart is. It does not matter if you're in the building, but if your heart is somewhere else, you are not pleasing the Lord. I want old time conviction to settle in this house today because everything that's given us our power our anointing is not dead church, not going through the motions, not playing the part Sunday to Sunday. I want you to hear me today. Some of you young people, you can fool your pastor, you can fool your youth pastor, you can fool anybody in this church, but God knows exactly where your heart is, and you cannot come to the house of God and simply just play the part and be dead on the inside. Not every moment is created equal, and we're not guaranteed tomorrow. We don't know what's going to behold. It's a passive attitude. 
It's just a passive attitude. It's just a passive mindset. It's just, it's just accidental. It's just slothful. That's why Paul told him at Rome, in the midst of, you got to understand when you're reading scripture, when you're reading the epistles, it's, it's, it's a chaotic world. They're feeling pressure. There's things going on all around them. And Paul would write, don't be slothful in zeal, passion, fervency. He said, be fervent in spirit. Serve the Lord. Be as one with a burning spirit. Don't be rocked to sleep. Don't be just rocked to sleep in the hour that you're living in. Some of you don't realize, but some of you have just been cradled right to sleep. Because you know what the adversary is interested in? He doesn't need you to simply just go out and backslide and do some sin that will keep you and your family out of the house of God. And yes, he desires that. But you know what the reality is? He can have you come to the house of God. And as long as you stay silent, he'll just rock you to sleep. And as long as you won't praise, he'll just rock you to sleep. And as long as you won't worship, he'll just rock you to sleep. And as long as you'll come service after service, but he knows you didn't get a breakthrough. You'll come service after service, and he knows you didn't get no deliverance. And you'll come service after service, and he's not worried about you. Why? Because you're not walking in the power that he called you, that God called you to walk in. And that's why you can come to the house of God and be unmoved as you're just rocked to sleep. Rock to sleep. It's easy for the adversary of your soul. If you don't walk in the power, if you don't walk in the anointing, he's not worried about you. That's why you're, some of you are wondering why I got so much peace going on in my world. Because you're not engaging against the kingdom of hell. You want to know why? Because the resistance is there when you're fighting and when you're pushing against darkness and you're busting the gates of hell wide open and you're trying to pull people out and you're getting in places of prayer and intercession and you're fasting and you're getting a hold of God. But the moment you stop, what is it? Peace. gotten so comfortable without spiritual responsibility that's the reality you want to know really the interpretation of the Laodicean church is they cease to have spiritual responsibility anymore they cease to take the responsibility that God had called them just indifferent I'm, I'm not I'm not picking up a burden I'm not picking up the responsibility I'm just indifferent and they had become so disengaged to the spiritual responsibility of the hour and time. So disengaged to what was going on. That some of you, when you came to this house this morning, you had a million things on your mind. You weren't worried about what was happening. 
You weren't worried about what was going to happen in this service. You don't even know you just came in autopilot today and just knew that time was going to pass. Some of you, some of you I've been able to observe you the last couple services. You don't even realize you haven't even tasted of an authentic breakthrough. Not one service. It's indifference. It's apathy, Brother Brock. It's indifference. It's apathy. It's, it's, not, it's not hot. It's, it's not cold. It's just, it's just indifferent. It's just casual. It's just casual living for God. You know, I'm, I'm trying to come to a close. I'm really trying to communicate something this morning. You know, Elisha is getting ready to die. This is 2 Kings chapter 13. And he has the king of Israel. And he's talking to the king of Israel about the deliverance that he would have. And he takes the bow and arrow and he puts his hands on them. And he shows him and puts his hand on the bow and arrow and begins to show him. Shoots and arrows. And, and Elisha begins to tell him tells him, I want you to smite the ground. and This is going to be the deliverance of Syria. I want you to smite that ground. I want you to smite it. And the king of Israel, you know what he did? He smit it once. Smit it twice. He smit it the third time. And in the picture that Elisha's trying to paint, Elisha, the man of God, gets upset and he gets angry. And he becomes wroth with him and tells him, you should have utterly smited the ground. You should have smited the ground five, six times because thou hast only smited, smited the ground. Thou shalt only, you should have done it until you had fully consumed your adversary. It's a passive attitude. It's a passive mindset. And the reality that the king of Israel could have just kept on smiting the ground, not being passive about victory, not being passive about deliverance, not being passive about what God was trying to do in Israel. But he sees partial victory because of just passive indifference, a lackadaisical attitude. Could have utterly destroyed the adversary. Revival and what God wants to do in this church, it's not going to come by apathy. It's not going to come by indifference. But revival comes when people begin to get engaged. People begin to get engaged in the presence God. I've preached what I've preached this morning to awaken some of you in the Holy Ghost. Because the Lord is knocking at your heart. The Lord 
is knocking and saying there needs to be a repentance of apathy. Neither repent of apathy and indifference and just lukewarmness. Because he's knocking at the door and he's saying, if you'll let me in, you'll be able to sup with me. We'll be able to commune. We'll be able to have dinner together. We'll be able to dine. But you got to open the door and you got to let me in. not pushing hard for an altar call this morning. I'm going to leave it off to you today. I'm done preaching. If you know exactly what I've been preaching this morning is divinely ordained of God. What we need to do this morning is that you need to find a place on this carpet until you press through and you really break through in your spirit. I'm not talking about until you just yeah, I, I played the part this morning. I didn't come just to kind of slap somebody across the head today to beat somebody up. I've come to preach the word of the Lord today. And it's time to say goodbye to apathy. It's time to say goodbye to indifference. It's time to say goodbye to living between that place. The hour is too vital. The hour it's too important just to play church, just to go through the motions. Some of you need to really get a hold of God right now. I'm telling you, prayer needs to fill this house right now all across this place. I'm talking about deep travail today. I'm talking about deep praying in the Holy Ghost. From the front to the back, side to side right now.
Come on. Let it fill this house right now. Let it fill this house right now. Let it fill this house right now. Let it fill the house right now. Come on, saints of God. Come on, men of God. It's time to weep between the porch and the altar right now. It's time to lift up your voice and to begin to travail in the Holy Ghost. I'm saying no to apathy. I'm saying no to indifference. I'm saying no to a casual attitude. I'm telling you, your pride will keep you from the things of God. It's time to get rid of the pride. It's time to get rid of the ego. It's time to lay yourself before the Lord and say, God, work in my heart. Come on, it's flowing through this house right now. Come on, it's flowing through this house right now, church. Let it flow from the front to the back, side to side right now. Let it echo in this house. Let it echo in this house. Come on, mothers of Zion, pray in the Holy Ghost. Come on, mother of Zion, begin to travail in the Holy Ghost. Come on, woman of God. Come on, man of God. Come on, it's time to pick it back up. It's time to pick that intercessory prayer back up. Come on, say no to apathy. Come on, that's it. Press right now in the Holy Ghost. Woo, press in the Holy Ghost. 
Come on, I want you to dig deep right now. I want you to dig deep right now in your spirit, in your heart. Come on, I want you to dig to the depth of your being right now. I want you to pray until you feel it in your being. I want you to pray until you feel it in the depth of your spirit. Come on, Bakersfield. It needs to be a breakthrough in this house. There needs to be a breakthrough. Come on, press against it. <laughs> 